Well, sometimes you got to do what you know is the right way to go about something and do it the right way. And I didn't do that in regards to listening to some content from one Moxley. All right, this is Taz. Welcome to the Taz Show. So you remember on the last episode that I discussed, uh, I said I read some transcripts uh, for some of the notes from John Moxley uh, used to be Dean, Dean Ambrose on Chris Jericho's podcast. And I had said I did not listen to it. I, I only read it. And then I went back and I did my due diligence and which I should have done from Jump Street. And I listened to it. And well, I was a little wrong in my commentary on Moxley. So I uh, will say I'm sorry. I was a little bit too judgmental. He Moxie did put over, um, and uh, he seemed very appreciative for several minutes before he started going into a slight burial, but he, he kind of phrased it that way, which was kind of funny the way he did it. But um, I, you know, I, I, it, it, he, Mox, basically said he's appreciative of what WWE has done for him and the opportunities and all this jazz, uh, including uh, for Renee Young, his wife, also, you know, for, for her position with WWE. So he did say all those things, and he did seem very appreciative. His main crops of his issue was, you know, the creative decisions and opportunities where he just didn't like. He didn't like the creative concepts that Vince had for him, and that was – the bulk of it but as far as him coming off like he was unappreciative of the push i was wrong on that so just being honest on that and natalie i should have listened to it first and i knew it and i i knew i shouldn't have even talked about it um without listening to the podcast or the interview portion of the podcast first i don't listen to anyone's podcast i'm being honest with you never you guys know that about me i don't listen to anyone's stuff i listen to some sports couple of football and, uh, 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 you know, stuff. I, I don't listen to wrestling podcasts. I don't. I don't care. I don't want my opinions slanted yay or nay. I don't care what other people's opinions are. It might sound cocky. It might sound arrogant. It might sound asshole-ish. I don't care if that sounds asshole I'm just being blunt. I don't listen to what anybody else has to say. I'm not saying other people don't have great podcasts. Chris Jericho has a great podcast, a very successful podcast, no problemo. Okay, and I respect Chris, and we're friends. All good. He's been on the show, ba ba ba, and all this jazz. I'm going to be on his show soon. So the thing is, he did a great interview with, with Mox, and I just wanted to bring it forward that I jumped the gun without listening and passed judgment on Moxie. So I was incorrect on some, not incorrect, my stance was a little, you know, I, I didn't hear it, and I should have listened to it. And some of you guys tweeted me very nicely and said, hey, maybe take a listen because we listened to it, and 
you might be off a little bit. And one guy said, you're right. I, I was off a little bit, basically, and I'll cover it in the next podcast. Well, that's where we are now, which, by the way, this podcast is a taz hole. There'll be some uh, some great questions by you guys that we we had come in. So uh, <clears throat> that we pulled. So on the Instagram, Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-A-L-K, that's uh, the Instagram of me, Taz. So um, the the thing that even later in the thing with Mox, he was saying that he was appreciative. He did go into a long creative burial that he just hated the creative direction they had for his character. And he talked about a long story about one day at a Raw or SmackDown, wherever it was, that he had like four or five you know promos and and scripts that writers gave to him and he's he's old school he don't feel the whole writers writing stuff him and i agree with him on that um i'm not a big fan of of i've never really was into anybody writing a promo for me i needed to just be organic and speak but just give me bullet points and i'll fucking hit it uh so i he kind of seems like that type cat too mox right so thing is like he uh mox basically went into this whole thing about blah, 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 and, you know, uh, about, you know, he just hated the promos that were written for him, and, and it's fu- he seemed very frustrated that that's how it was for him. <clears throat> I will say this, though. Uh, this is the only thing I will say, which leads a little bit into what I said on my first commentary about the Mox interview. Um, you know, I was never a top guy as a wrestler in WWE, okay? Chris Jericho was whose podcast Mox was on, and Mox, as Dean Ambrose, was a top guy. So, you know, listening to someone, no matter if it's Mox or whoever, say, like, you know, I get to the building, I got six promos to do, and I hated every one of them, and and he complains about it. I have to be honest. This is the part I will be honest on. That's a blessing. And he, at one point towards the end, did say he was fortunate for the opportunity that they gave him late in the, after his burial, slight burial of the creative. My point is, me there as a wrestler, as a non-top guy, man, I'd get to the building and just hope I was on the show sometimes. And if I had a chance to get some microphone time, it was like, oh, fuck, thank God. So when I hear somebody, you know, say that I had three, four, or five, or six on-camera promos interviews backstage pre-tapes or in the ring i'm like oh you poor thing (laughs) are you kidding me you know most wrestlers that are in the wwe uh don't get that opportunity most don't so uh, that is a blessing you're you're fortunate to get that kind of push um you know not just mox anybody so i just wanted to bring that part out too but he did seem mox did seem very appreciative of what wwe did for him and he just seemed like really frank about the fact of that he and Vince are just were not on the same creative page and they wrote a lot of silly stuff for him and stuff that he wasn't feeling that wasn't really him and and that stuff which is understandable so I just wanted to clear the air on that and get that out of the way so um you know if you didn't hear it you know I mean um and you went by what I said go listen to it um, if you want or don't listen to it, I'm not in the business of promoting other people's podcasts because Lord knows ain't fucking nobody promoting mine. So, um, <laughs> um, but I was a little bit incorrect on my stance because I only read transcripts as opposed to listen. So <clears throat> that's the deal on that. So uh, I think we're clear on that. We're good on that. Uh, what else we got? Oh, so um, yes, I. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. There's a a new uh, uh, a new uh, something new I want to talk about real quick before we get into this. Um, and have a, a great deal. This is a tremendous deal, a 30-day deal for you in regards to 
something in regards to fitness, okay, and getting fit and staying healthy, check this out. Hear me out on this. This is really cool. OpenFit, okay, OpenFit, O-P-E-N-F-I-T. OpenFit is bringing something new that makes it, you know, very easy, even easier, I should say, never to miss, uh, you know, a sweat session, for lack of better terms, or a workout. Um, It's, you know, lose the commute to the gym, no need, let the workouts come to you. Uh, Tremendous deal. And so what is OpenFit? Okay, OpenFit takes all the, the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit um, it makes it easy for you. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service, okay? Streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your own living room, your home, anywhere in your house or wherever you want, a hotel room, whatever, as little as 10 minutes a day. And there's there's a lot of good reasons to try this, okay? Besides the great deal I'm going to tell you about using my code, everybody's bodies are different, Okay. And I'm someone who trained my whole life. I understand that some days you have good workouts and bad, and you want to change your workouts. Open Fit, they understand that, they get that, and which is why it is it's a, a, it's personalized to all your needs with custom tailored original content for you. Basically, once you put your stuff in, right? So amazing trainers and classes, like I said, streaming service. Okay, Open Fit classes are led by some of the most uh, effective and engaging trainers in the world. Scope your body uh, with someone named Andrea Rogers, who's the founder of the worldwide sensation Extend Bar. So Extend Bar, I should say, um, uh, or, or get in crazy good shape with this this dude Hunter McIntyre. Okay, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top fifty. Top 50 fittest athletes. How's that? Okay, and you'll get quick results here. And it's super simple. Okay, super 600 seconds with a celebrity trainer in Devin Wiggins packs the fat-burning, muscle-building, and body sculpting benefits uh, of much longer sessions in a fraction of that time. See, these great trainers that are streaming right on your laptop or desktop, phone, whatever, access it anywhere, anytime, you know, like I just said, on any of your tablets, whatever you got, you know, Roku, all this stuff, you lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days, flatten your abs, shape your body, and look and feel great. So check this out, okay? And I'm telling you from experience, you're going to get a legit workout. <laughs> it's great. I've been using the streaming service. I've been using OpenFit, and I love it. It changed the way I've worked out, okay? It's going to change the way you work out or want to start working out. So um, OpenFit, here's the deal, real simple. Use my code, T-A-Z. Okay, Taz, uh, and you could join me on this fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use my code TAZ, start using OpenFit. Okay, uh, so right now, here's the deal you're going to get. Okay, real simple deal. Right now, during OpenFit 30-day challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit. Okay, 30-day free trial. That's awesome, guys, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text TAZ to 30, 30, 30. So that's three zero three zero three zero. Okay, real simple. You will get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutritional information totally free. Again, just text TAZ to 30, 30, 30. Okay, standard messaging and data rates may apply. Okay, <laughs> before I get into uh, the uh, TAS hall, guess what we have to do uh, right about now? Well, you know what that is. <laughs> Yes, time for a little water. Oh, Mizu. Nice. Mizu Jones. (coughs) Might be this might be a two water break show. Two H2O Jones. This could happen in this episode. 
forgot to pour the water as I was drinking it. That's kind of weird. I blame Brian for that. <sighs> when in doubt, blame the producer. Anyways. All right, so it's time to get into a little bit of the um, into the Taz Hall here in a second, you know, because that's that's got to happen. Because otherwise people complain, well, you said you were going to do Taz Hall. You said you got a whole bunch. I do have a whole bunch. And they're going to be awesome. Not good. Awesome. All of them. I promise you. And they're coming at you. So it's going to be great. And, you know, when I say it, it's a fact. It's the way it goes. It's that simple. Okay. So I don't want to hear any complaining, any problems, any nothing. Okay. What's going on? All right. So uh, take two Jones. Mm, Maybe not. Okay. Maybe not. How's that? Thanks, Brian. Jobber. All right. Anyway. Um. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, before I do Tazzle. Okay, yeah. Oh, real quick, before I get into the Tazzle, I did. I, okay, we put out on a, the Instagram, and then it was only up there for you guys to post, you know, give questions towards Tazzle. Um, it was only on there for, I don't know, geez, it might have been 30 minutes or so. We're trying to, we're trying to get, you know, keep it up there like uh, longer, you know what I mean? Like, um, otherwise, there's just too many come in. So, to be honest with you, so. We're trying not to have it where it's like over the top uh, and then we can't get to all of them. So that, that's the issue. All right, enough of the bullshit. Here we go. Bullshit aside and begin. Individuals and PKFs, it is now time for the Taz Hall. Let your voice be heard. All right, Big Haas. Yeah, here we go. We're getting a little Taz Hall. It's going to be fun. You're sitting around listening. Maybe at the gym training. You're on. You're at the, you're at the house sitting around doing something. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's your business, not mine. All right, so um, we'll jump right into this right here, and we'll get rolling. Give me one second. Here we go. La, 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 la. And all right. I guess we'll start at the top. That's what the list I have here is a bunch. So I didn't want to like go out of order, but it's like, it's almost like, well, there's a shitload anyway, so it doesn't really even matter. All right. So anyway, all right. So uh, where are we going here? We will go with the first one who is, where's this gentleman's name? Here we go. Made Lagado 86. I've been finding the 24 7 title gimmick pretty entertaining. Is there a different way you'd book this, or how would you do this? Hashtag we over, hashtag water break, hashtag Taz is the GOAT. Thank you. Um, you know what? I, I The 24-7 thing is kind of cool. I did like the what they did over the weekend uh, with our truth uh, on, the, on the golf cart and the golf course uh, gimmick uh, with Jinder. I thought that was funny uh, with a couple of schoolboys, and they changed the title, and they changed the title back, and I giggled when – Carmelo drove the thing away, the golf cart, and and <laughs> all truth is chasing behind it with the with the twenty four seven title. I, I got no problem with it. I mean, it is what it is. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's just a it's kind of a different version of what the hardcore title was. Nah, man, I, I'm good with it. I I think it's cool. I mean, you, you know, it's just like I said the first time they put this thing out <clears throat> out there, and I talked about it, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the um, that's the beauty of the twenty four seven thing. It just gives more TV time with some importance because there's a 
quasi title belt on the line, you know, so it gives, you know, relevant TV time to someone. I think that's really good. And that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, I've heard people say over the years, oh, man, back in the um, early 2000s uh, or 99, whatever, 98, WWF, WWE, it was everybody meant something on the card. Everybody did something. Same thing with WCW. Everybody meant something. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, because something mattered everything mattered and and it was booked a little different and there was also less content back there now the business and it's you know it's not just wwe but it's it's oversaturated to a degree so you know it's tough you know back then there was shows but it was mainly the monday night wars and and us and ecw doing our thing i mean that's mainly what it was right if you think about it i mean so yeah i mean i i i have no problem with the 24 7 thing i think it's good how would i book it different i don't know i don't i don't think there's much i think it's the type of thing <clears throat> that you book week to week you don't really need i don't think you need a huge story arc with something like this you book it week to week and 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 if someone's been stagnant or stale because they haven't been on tv or something like that or they are stale and they've been on tv and you want to push them you know then let them get a run with the title you know let let them you know get them involved with it you know i think it's I, it's an open book and, and it's used to get good amount of TV time for people where you're intrigued. Well, who's going to get that crazy belt next? Who's going to get that crazy 24 seven title next? You know, so it's cool. All right. What do we got here? We got uh, Anthony Van Anthony TV and radio. Interesting. All right. Uh, this guy says 40 minutes late. Of course, too quick. Damn it. Taz. Oh, this might be late Bloom Jones. This guy got in a little late. Oh, so he's getting lucky. He's getting red because he came in after the fact. All right, this is what Anthony says. Dreamer says that you were not, in capital letters, included in the original WCW roster raid. And you were very, in capitals, very was in capitals, insulted that they didn't want you the first time. True. Um, Anthony and Bethel, number one fan since K-Rock tryout days. Oh, wow. Jeez, K-Rock tryout days. Man, that's when I was trying to break in radio, and that was, ah, man, 2004-ish. And now every wrestler's in trying to get in radio. Pretty funny. Uh, I paid motherfucking dues, I'll tell you that. And, Anthony, it's nice you remember that. Well, as far as what uh, Dream is saying, well, it's I haven't thought about this, to be honest, in ages. Um, I, th- he's partially telling the truth but i don't think he understands why um why i was not included you know he might think he knows that but i don't think he knows that and the reason why i was not included is because wwe from kevin dunn to vince mcmahon looked at me as a wwe guy and not an ecw guy and not a not not to be part of the wcw thing then it obviously changed and all that stuff but no, and and as far as me very me, me being very insulted, well, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I mean, a lot of stuff, especially back then, insulted me. I was probably just feeling like, well, I'm a proud ECW alumni, and I should be part of that that deal. That's what it was, and I probably felt a little, um, a little bit like in in uh, not murky waters, like a little bit like stale uh, at the commentary desk, and I wanted to do something to spice it up. That that. Now, if I'm thinking that's years ago, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it wasn't like I never felt like 
they were trying to screw me and not like that. I was in a very good standing with the company. I was making a lot of money as a color commentator and I was very happy in the company and I was traveling on a company plane and I was, you know, treated very well. So as far as me being very insulted, I, I, eh, I don't know. I don't know if that's how I really internally felt again. Some of these guys remember the shit that I did or said or acted better than I do, dude. I, I mean, you know, I don't know why, but it just, that's just the way it goes, but thanks for the question. So, um, you know, I have no idea. I mean, everyone's got something to say. Uh, what else we got here? Long Dong Silva. Interesting name. Should Fanny Packs make a comeback? Well, homeboy, they already made the comeback. It, it shouldn't make a comeback. They're back. They are back. Fanny Packs are back. It's a fact. I'm telling you right now. Yes. <laughs> they are back. Fanny Packs are back. Look around. All the top, like, streetwear and, and fashion Stuff for guys and girls. There's, there's fanny packs involved. Okay, Gucci. Hi, you know, high-end Jones. Gucci's got fanny packs. Uh, what's the other one? Is it Supreme or one of them? Or Kith, one of those big companies uh, based in New York. They're both based in New York. One of those big streetwear, you know, funky you know, clothing for younger guys and girls. They're rocking fanny packs. Fanny packs are back. Let's go to the boys. The wrestlers brought it back. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's just the way it goes. It's simple. Okay. Pam Brasso, okay, Pam Brasso, what's the main force behind a wrestler getting pushed? Talent slash ring ability, crowd reaction, backstage politics, a combination of everything. The last one, combination of everything. <laughs> you have to have a potpourri of um, everything and for everything to go right, and I got news for you, for everything to go right week to week, unless you got a really good political connection. You got to be really good in the ring to get attention. That's the first thing you got to be. And that doesn't mean you got to be doing a ton of flips and dives to be really good. Your base work's got to be very strong, very solid, very intense. That's a, a huge plus in importance. Uh, crowd reaction is important, but they control. They, the, the companies, usually control the crowd reaction. Because some guys get a great crowd reaction and don't get the push. I know when I came in, the crowd, the audience was behind me big time. Even when I wasn't getting a big push early in my WWE run as a wrestler, they wanted me to get pushed, and they were loud. My merch, I've talked about this, was selling. My T-shirts were number two behind The Rock back then, and no, that orange T-shirt was that hot of a seller, and no one pushed it or paid attention in the company. And you people wanted me to get a bigger push, and it didn't happen. And this Again, this is years ago. but So I don't believe crowd reaction is a big part of it. Backstage politics is important. And that doesn't mean you're an ass kisser. That just means you handle your business the right way and you're not hard to do business with. That, you know, I mean, you, you, you need people to like you. And that doesn't mean you have to kiss ass. That really doesn't mean that. And any job, guys, you don't have to be a pro wrestler. Any job, any male or female listen to me right now, usually you want to be liked by your superiors in the company. That's important. You just want to be liked as a person. It's the same thing with wrestlers. You know, it's the same thing. So sometimes it can look like someone's kissing ass. Oh, they're political and all that stuff. Or, they're, you know, they're jockeying for position. Hey, look, that's part of the game. Once you start getting a push and others around you are getting pushed and you're jockeying for getting a better push, that's part of the business where, you know, that doesn't mean you got to bury someone, but you, you privately to the right, whoever your go-to guy is or go-to girl, and you sell your storyline concept angle whomever um and or push for your individual gimmick that's you know 
that's been part of wrestling for a lot of years. That that has nothing to do with the WWE. That's just pro wrestling. It's been like that for years, and I don't think that's going to change. Uh, seriously, um, I really don't. I don't think it's going to change. All right, who else we got here? We got Mark Mangarinelli. Uh, la, la, la. Here we go. Do you think the match between the four horsemen of WWE and the four horse women of UFC? I should have said force. Okay, let me start over. Do you think a match between the four horse women of WWE and the four horse women of UFC is ever going to happen? Since what is going on with Sasha Banks trying to quit and Ronda Rousey focusing on starting a family? Okay, yeah, no, I, I, that's a big part of why I don't think it's going to happen. And I feel like they've start stopped this thing a few times. Um, and Shayna ba- Blazers, two fr- Baszler's two friends, they're not really. I, I don't. I mean. It's, I don't think they're like getting like I just watched Takeover the other day, which is great the other night and was great. And I didn't see those two young ladies on there. I mean, Shayna, I saw on there. She was great. But but I'm just saying, like, they're not getting the push to your point, which you're right about Ronda Rousey to your point, which you're right. I mean, I don't know what Sasha Banks. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It does, I guess, seem like maybe she's trying to make some noise to for whatever reason to get out of company or do whatever she's trying to do. So. I don't see it happening, and and to be frank, even if it did, I got to be honest with you, I, I don't think there'd be big money in it. I just don't. It's just my opinion. Um, I don't know why. I've never been a big fan of that whole thing, the four-horse women UFC girls and the four-horse women WWE. I just think it's like I just don't. There's, that's just not enough push with them together. Look, that four-horsemen deal back in the NWA days. Okay, listen, okay, <laughs> it's that's that's like anything that's successful in wrestling most of the times. It's lightning in a bottle. You catch it, you grab it, it's an amazing, tremendous success, and then that's it. And once it's done and it's over, it's done and it's over. That's it, i.e. ECW. Okay, uh, I'm so pop punk. Who does EC3 need? Who does EC3 need to feud with on Raw to gain momentum with an average fan? Listen, anything they could do right now with EC3 would be much needed. He is a talented guy, and it's nice to hear like a lot of fans want to see him start getting used better. Um, he's a very talented young guy, it really can talk, looks great physically, um, uh, you know, can work really well, and, and he's had a, lot, a good amount of big match experience. Um, I, I don't know who would, who would he need to feud, but it's not really about who he's feuding with, like who he's partnered up with. It's not about that. It's 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 about, you know, the powers that be believing in him. The 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 somebody, either a lead writer or an agent or somebody or Vince McMahon himself saying, We really believe in this guy here, this EC3, and we're gonna go, you know, balls to the wall with him. It's so to me, in my opinion, it's not about a feud with someone. So it's not about that. It's a, this is an individual business. It's it's not about, you know what I mean, like, it's not about, well, EC3 can have great matches with whatever, Cesaro. So let's do an angle, you know, with him and Cesaro. Or EC3 and Ricochet could tear it down. It's just like, that's not what it's about. It's about the powers that be believing in him. It's really that simple believing in him to push him and not give him one chance, but give him several chances because you need more than one chance. You, you need more than one chance. It's it's just a fact. <clears throat> so uh, so that's the deal. Uh, Papa. Oh, boy. I just go Papa. 
Okay, Pakaruba, Pakaruba, yes. Hey, Taz. Hey, Papakaruba. First time, long time, uh, Yambake shot, old school. Uh, I'm a diehard wrestling fan, but I have patience, but I have patience and don't fly off the handle over minor issues regarding WWE and their decisions. I feel that they are insulting my intelligence similar to WCW towards the end of their tenure. Uh, do I have a valid reason to feel this way, or am I overreacting? Thank you, as always, for the free lunch. Hashtag Detached Show. Hashtag We Over. Hashtag RTG, which is running the game. Hashtag FTW. Hashtag Mizu Jones. Hashtag Fuck the Hashtag. I added that last one. All right, so, um, <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, 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 I don't, listen. I don't think you have a valid reason to, to feel that way. You sound like a you know a diehard wrestling fan for a lot of years, and stay a wrestling fan. Listen, it's very hard to write creative for any wrestling promotion, uh, especially the amount of programming WWE puts out. So you know you always got to give them benefit of the doubt. Write that. I mean, you know AEW. Uh, you know everything AEW does is great right now. Everybody loves everything AEW does, and that's cool because it's still just only a couple of shows. You know, once, you know, you're doing the daily grind of weekly TV and stuff, things get harder. It's harder creatively to come up with stuff and, and everything like that. So you got you to gotta give some time. If you really are a true fan, you keep watching and you deal with it. Some stuff you're going to like, some stuff you're not going to like. I watched Raw last night. I, I liked a good amount of it, some of it I didn't like. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like it's just like anything else. So, I mean, you know, I, I think you're cool. Don't overthink it. It's, it's wrestling at the end of the day, and it's that simple. Uh Polada, Pola, Polo Dad. Oh, man. Polo Dad. Polo Dad 35. As good as the AEW pay per view was, do you think WWE is worried about them? I don't think so. Thanks, Taz. Your show is awesome. Well, thank you, Polo Dad 35. Um, no, I don't think they're worried about them. I don't, I don't, I don't think that a company is going to worry about, you know, when you have decades of, non-stop programming for wwe with unbelievable sex success you know billion dollar deals with tv networks and all this other jazz um and all the years and decades of you know really making millions and millions of fans and dollars i don't think you're gonna worry in quotes about you know a company that's in, in essence run two big pay-per-views um, and that has a TV deal soon. Now, keep an eye on them. Yes, I think WWE is already showing they keep an eye on them. You know, by what Triple H said and did at the Hall of Fame deal, um, and then what uh, Sami Zayn they had. Sami, uh, you know, I mean, you know, f- for Vince to have Sami Zayn say, "Ask me an AEW question," whatever he did, you know, last week. I, I, I got a feeling you won't see much more of this going forward. I, I, I don't. I don't agree that they did any of that. Uh, a good friend of mine who's very successful has a saying, and it's I, I'm just going to say it. It's no insult on anybody. Um, when you're number one, you don't acknowledge number two. And right now, WWE's number one, and they've been number one for a lot of years. And they've been the only highway, the only road, the big road, and leading the road, leading the pack, you know, on that wrestling highway. Now there's another road that branched off with another company that has the opportunity in AEW to have their own road and lead it and maybe pass WWE, maybe not. You know, that's how I look at it. I think at the end of the day, for all of us as fans, it's great. And 
for wrestlers, it's great. It's great for business. It's great for leverage. It's just great. It's just great for the business. It's just it's refreshing. Hopefully, AEW is going to just kick ass, and they've done great on their two shows. Hopefully, they keep doing good. You know, that's how I see it. I mean, you know, I mean, really, it's um, it, you know, and a lot of people have a lot of AEW questions, and that's great. That's that's the intrigue. I don't think WWE needs to acknowledge them or even add any oxygen to them. Uh, I would have them get their own oxygen. That's how I would do it. And WWE, Vince, usually, he's been number one for decades, and he usually never, ever acknowledges number two. It's Now, that could change. Maybe a year and a half from now or two years from now, uh, WWE's not number one. Maybe WWE's number two. Maybe AEW's number one. Who knows? I mean, who knows? But it's going to take a lot of work. A lot of work. Um, Sir Weaselton, people keep saying WWE is going is going to go down because of AEW. With that being said, do you think other promotions might be in trouble because of AEW, such as ROH, MLW, even Impact? Hashtag Tassel Jones. Um, hashtag El Paso is Eddie Guerrero country. True that, true that. Mm, I don't. I don't think at all that AEW being in existence is going to hurt any of the other wrestling promotions like ROH or MLW or Impact. Like I just said a moment ago, I think it's good for wrestling. I think it's just good for wrestling. It, if anything, it helps those other promotions. It helps the independent scene. It's good that there's competition and it trickles down to everyone. Hey, trust me, ECW back in the day, we benefited while you know WCW and WWF were banging heads and beating the shit out of each other. There we were giving people an alternative and doing something different. We were nowhere near as big as them. But we were doing our thing and, and dripping, getting any drips from them and doing our thing. Uh, while they were a little bit higher than us because of the resources and the money, we were still doing our thing and our business was up. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it was good for business that they had that Monday Night War thing going on. It was good for the wrestling business back then. And, and I think we're on the cusp of something similar, maybe, right? Dr. Simon Dollars acts global. Rolls off the tongue. Do you think there's a friendly agreement between WWE and AEW? No, I don't. I know a lot of people think there might be a work or something. I don't think. I don't think so. I truly don't. Um, for a second, I thought maybe recently, but no, I don't. Bobby Peterson won. I enjoyed the main card of Don, which is double or nothing, but almost didn't buy it because I didn't like the amount of silliness on the pre-show. What direction do you think AEW should go in? Hashtag the Taz show. Okay, okay, okay. Good question. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on the silliness of the pre-show uh, Battle Royal gimmick. I'm totally with you on that. I, I don't think that um, – I, I, don't, I don't think they should go that way. I don't. You know, Tony Khan, uh, the owner of the company, has said many times publicly that um, basically wins and losses matter and they – seem like they want to sell the sport and the uh, athleticism end of the wrestling industry. Okay, well, then do that. I mean, you're still going to have some entertainment. You're going to have fun, obviously. And, it, you know, I don't think we could all just judge them or rip them for any silliness or campy humor they had in the Battle Royal. You know, they're trying to find who they are. They got to find their serious side. They got to find their emotional side, which I think they got. With, 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 they found it with Dustin and Cody. 
they, I think they have their athleticism side because there's somebody that talent can really fly around the ring and do some really impressive stuff. And I say fly around the ring, I just, I just don't mean over the top rope. I mean wrestle, you know. So they have the athleticism down. It's, they got to find that where their Yuma spot is. They got to find. They got to figure out their announcing. That's something they got to figure out. Okay, that that I really believe that they they need to fix that. Find that out. Whatever that is, that is. Uh, you know, I think Jr. is obviously fine and dandy. He's he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, but I think they need to figure out what they're doing on that and what they want their show to sound like. I think their lead voice is perfect in the Hall of Famer and Jr. They got to figure out what those other two cats if they're going to be there. If one's going to be there, if they're both going to be there, is someone else going to be there? Like, what are you doing? Is it you're going to go to a two man team? You're going to do a three man? Is it those three guys? You know, they got to figure that out. I don't know. I mean, they might keep it the way it is. Who the hell knows? I have no idea. Um, not really sure. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Uh, what else we got? Let me do, uh, do I guess one more, but then we're gonna hit the break line. MCL two nine eight, best friend in the business. Oof. I don't know. I, I don't know if you mean right now. Um, you know, or that, I guess a best friend is someone that's always your friend. You know, I had people that I. You know, I was friendly with, obviously, um, and I'm still friendly with. But as far as the best friend in the business, you know, I, I found myself always clo- closer to the play-by-play people I've worked with. So I would say they were. I was very close with many, like Michael Cole and and Mike Tenay, Joey Styles. I would say right there, those three guys, I was very close with. Uh, at different times and in all times of my life, not just while I was working for said companies. So um, I would say those three three men, um, I don't, you know, uh, it's well documented. I wasn't the friendliest guy in my prime in ECW. You know, I mean, I was a little, I've talked about it a lot, you know. So I just, the way I was, very competitive, very type A, and just kind of kept to myself too. Um, and wasn't doing a lot of what everybody else was doing. I kind of was my own thing, and you know, sometimes that could rub people the wrong way. And also, I was a little immature and hand- didn't handle the push right. I was a hard ass, you know. I took myself serious, and and um, and at times I really came across like I didn't respect anybody else if they didn't act like me, which is immaturity. So I could see why a lot of ECW guys are not my buddies and why I'm not calling them my buddies, best friends. I respect all of them. Um, but you know, I, as far as best friend in the business, I, I don't really, I, you know, like one person, I don't, I can't really, I don't know. I can't really say that. I don't know. But anyway, on that note, uh, break time, be right back from break and get some more tassel. All right, we're back here on the Taz Show, guys. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into the rest of Taz Hall. Hey, you know, I've talked a lot about Dynatrap uh, this time of year, summertime. Okay, all sorts of annoying flying insects in your house and all this jazz, flies, all sorts of stuff. Hey, Dynatrap, and I got a great deal for you. And you know what's awesome? It's simple. The Dynatrap Fly Light. Okay, they come up with this greatest solution, Dynatrap. 
for the indoor pests, and it's the Dynatrap Fly, right, Fly Light, I should say. And this thing is great, and I gotta tell you, it really, really works awesome. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps, okay? And it, trust me, I've been using Dynatrap Fly Light for a while now, and uh, the insane amount of insects that it catches on the back of this little sticky gimmick, it is phenomenal. Otherwise, these things will be buzzing around my house, disgusting and annoying my whole family and me. So get yours at Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code T-A-Z and receive 15% off their products, any of their products. Okay, that's a great deal. Just go to the site, check it out, Dynatrap.com. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. And this thing's great, guys. I told you, it's an awesome uh, nightlight, too. It's really cool. Check it out. Go to Dynatrap.com. Get your 15% off with TAZ, okay? And uh, get that's a good deal right there. So you can't go wrong on that, right? All right, so look, let's get right back into some Taz Hall uh, for all you people. Okay, you people. So what do we got here? La, 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 la. Okay. Postilio0079. Do you feel that adding Velcro to title belts as opposed to uh, snaps cheapens them in any way? Absolutely. Not a fan of Velcro at all on any kind of championship belt. I don't care what sport. I don't care if it's MMA, it's pro wrestling, if it's boxing. No, 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 no. Not a fan of the Velcro Jones. No, I, no. Look, a championship belt is just that. It should be revered. It should look and feel like a championship belt. It should have metal snaps on it. It should have some weight to it. The plates should be heavy, and it should be on real fucking leather. It's really that simple. You know what I mean? You got to go to a guy like Dave Milliken, who's the best, you know, in my opinion, and 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 get your belts done the right way if you're going to get a real belt. You know, that's no Velcro for me. I mean, I'm sure if someone wanted Velcro, Dave can do it. He might have done one. I'm sure he's done Velcro belts, but you asked me my opinion on the Velcro belts. I'm not a fan of the Velcro belts. It's that simple. Doc Phenom MSG. Hey, Taz. First time, long time. Uh, been listening since day one. My man. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for all you do. Who do you think AEW will make their inaugural champ? Do you think it'll be Jericho for recognition and legitimacy he brings? Or do you go hangman and keep it uh, close at home? Well, listen, I respect Chris, obviously, and Chris would do just what you said. It would, you know, put legitimacy on a title and recognition. Uh, but I would go with, the, with Hangman Page only because he's of now he's just – in his prime here and he's done great stuff in japan as we know um and a lot of people stateside here in the united states are not too familiar with him okay uh, hardcore fans like what are you fucking crazy Taz? no no i'm not crazy i'm right so i do think once people see this guy wrestle and do his thing his legitimacy hangman page jumps off the chart you see it instantly so i wouldn't worry about the legitimacy legitimacy uh and uh you know what hangman page as the champ as far as recognition yeah he'd be a newer guy that a lot of people don't know they don't know him nowhere near to someone like jericho who's in the business i mean you know i had my anniversary of my first match on june 3rd it was 1987 i was at 30 whatever fucking 31 years 32 years whatever the hell it is uh jericho's got to be in the business maybe the same amount as me maybe a little less maybe 28 years point is Chris Jericho is a household name. He's known where Hangman Page isn't, but I still would go with Hangman Page if I'm comparing both of those men um, because 
Jericho's made. Jericho don't need to have a title. Okay, Jericho knows that. He doesn't. I mean, if they want to put it on, I'm sure Chris will be like, yeah, no problem. I'll take it. But maybe they will. I don't know what they're going to do. But I, 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 you know, as far as the build and all that stuff, I would I would go with a Hangman Page. And I think down the road, uh, an MJF would be really good with it um, because MJF is uh, really good on the stick and knows how to get heat. He can be a true heel's heel. Um, his, his work's going to get a little crisp. You know, he's, he's, he's got to learn and get a little better. He's still in the business a couple of years two to three years um and more he's working the better he's gonna get uh but on the mic he's great mjf but hangman page right now i think he's in my opinion uh you know i i would i would lean towards that if you were asking me who to put the title on in that uh promotion uh and just my opinion what else we got here la 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 the underscore p dot a dot underscore show simple hmm any chance that Brock ends up cashing in the briefcase during the first episode of SmackDown when it comes to Fox? Well, I don't know, dude. I watched Raw last night. He was supposed to uh, cash it in on Seth Rollins. You know, he did the whole thing with, with, where Steph did her thing, and then Heyman cut his promo, and he stole my line of here comes the pain and give me no credit. Thanks, Paul. Um, Last I understood, they're going to do it on the Friday show they're doing overseas. So that's that's what I you know I mean that's what I'm understanding. But look, if they did it on a you know once once SmackDown goes to Fox, yeah, you you're gonna do something big. You better. We're talking Fox. <laughs> you're talking that's big for SmackDown. No matter what it is, if it's Lesnar doing something or anybody else, no matter who. I mean, because with the wild card thing, they could you know move guys and girls around wherever they want, as we know. Um, but yeah, no, I I would uh I would definitely you know. Um, I I would do something big when, when SmackDown starts uh, in the fall, you know. On um, <clears throat> excuse me, on Fox, you, you have to. That's a must, you know. That's a must, and you know they're gonna WWE is gonna do that, and Fox is gonna want that, and and from what I understand, all parties are, are working great together. So, you know, I'm sure that's gonna go really smooth and well. As we know, it's a monster money, money, money deal, monster, monster money. So, you know, that should be, you know huge uh different creative cool stuff when smackdown is at fox so um but yeah the uh the showdown gimmick on friday uh i think i'm pretty sure that's where you know that's where they're doing where brock said to paul when he was beating up rollins uh what do you call monday night saying friday friday right yeah so you know i think that's what's gonna happen unless i missed something i could have i don't know maybe Mm. anyway uh freddie yelling Hey, Taz, after being in Vegas for StarCast, would you ever consider uh, would you ever consider relocating uh, Castle? It's a typo, but I think he meant Castle Taz. I like move out to Vegas, to the West Coast. Um, ever for In your life in general, would you ever want to live in the West Coast? Thanks, Freddie. Yeah, actually, yeah, I would. I would consider it. Um, absolutely. I, I love Vegas. I love L.A. I love San Diego. I, I love the West Coast. And I was born and raised on the East Coast, but I love the West Coast. I've had the opportunity in my career to wrestle on the West Coast a whole bunch. I, I love the state of California, no matter if it's Northern California, Southern California. I, I love. It. I, I I really do. I enjoy it. Um, maybe one day, uh, who knows? My wife and I would get a place there or move there or something. You know, we're both New York, you know, people. We're New York kids, so um, you know. But you never know. I mean, my, my wife has been to California also. She loves it there, too. So who knows? Maybe. Vegas is nice. Uh, we're not huge gamblers, but, 
you know, I mean, I might go to the blackjack table, drop, you know, 20, 40, 30 grand a clip, but I'm not a big gambler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, <laughs> like big wheel and Jones over here. Bullshit city. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know about that. No, me, I go to nickel slots. That's my thing. Uh, yeah, nickel slots. That's what I'm all about. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but good question. Yeah, you want to know where I'm going to live, huh? Where I'm going to move when I get retired and old? I'm already old. Uh, what else we got? Leafington. I'm excited as anyone about AW, but can you talk about the differences in writing and drawing a successful show every few months versus a weekly show with pay-per-views? Well, it's a massive difference. And 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 the men that are involved with running AW, from Cody to the Bucks to Tony Khan to Kenny Omega, they know this. They're understanding this. They know that it's gonna. It's a lot hard. They 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 do know. They understand. And some of them have lived it, so they understand as far as talent. So, you know, we'll see how well it goes. But yeah, it's a massive difference to your point, Leafington. It's a it's you can't compare it you know when you have time to build on social media weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks at a clip which aw does a great job of as opposed to another tv 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 i mean it's hard it's non-stop boom 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 there's pluses and minuses though because if you have a bad show or you guys put together a bad show or the talent had some bad matches there's always next week to kick ass and fix it, to redeem yourself. As opposed to if it's every the every couple of months, like you have a shitty match or there's a shitty call from an announcer or whatever, you got to sit sit and stew for a couple of months. There's no time to do another one. <clears throat> so that's the other way to look at it. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll do okay. They're smart guys, so we'll see what happens. Jeff underscore Gorski. Taz, do you think... The briefcase to Bailey, the two titles was taking a shot uh, at Sasha in an indirect way. Appreciate the free lunches. No, I don't. I got to be honest. I don't think so at all. Um, I don't think WWE has the time to be too petty right now with their creative. They're trying to you know get back on track with numbers and, and make money and, and be successful. So, um the way they look at it, Sasha's on the contract to them. She works for them, okay? They don't work for Sasha. So they. I understand your point, and I understand your, your conspiracy theory. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I could see that maybe at a different time. Not, not now. I don't think they're doing that. That's just my initial reaction reading your question. You know what I mean? Uh, team Qual Clock Lock. Did you enjoy TakeOver more than Double or Nothing? I feel like I answered this question earlier. Maybe not. Was this the second one, Brian? Uh, quite frankly, I got to tell you, I love that takeover show that you just did on Saturday night in uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. I loved every match. I loved that show. I, I enjoyed it. I, I sat back at home. I, I drank a beer, um, and I was eating some dinner. My wife and I ordered something. She was watching a movie in a different room. I was, uh, she was watching the small TV, the 80 incher. I had the 160 incher and, um, and I, and, uh, so she was watching the movie and stuff like that. And, and I was just enjoying takeover. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I really thought it was a great show. Um, did I like it more than double or nothing? It's close. It's close. I, I got to give the edge to takeover. And this is why. Cause they, 
you know, Triple H and his team have they do a ton of these. They have a weekly TV show. They they you know, they've done a lot of takeovers. That was you know that was one of the big ones because it was almost like an anniversary for, for lack of better terms. And I like that Tyler Breeze was back on the show and he's he's with Anik, doing the NXT thing and 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 you know it, which is very cool. Some of the video packages was great with him and Velveteen Dream. It was great. I really enjoyed it. And it's nothing against double nothing. That just it's hard when you're doing it every week and you're putting out content every week for several years. If you're Triple H would take over where double nothing is, you know, it's a, it's, it's not as many shows. So this is, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder as the expression goes. So, I mean, you're splitting hairs. I think they were both really good shows, two different shows, but I thought they were both really good shows. So I hate to be on the fence. So I'm not going to be on the fence. I'm going to lean towards takeover. Slightly, but I did really enjoy Double or Nothing. I thought everybody did a you know a great job and all that kind of jazz. So uh, I'm not uh, beating up on Double or Nothing. Why would I do that? I thought it was a good show. So I mean, you know what I mean. Um, okay, flipping stick underscore. It's a great name. What skill do you believe is really important that can't be taught in a performance center? Well, wrestling in front of people. Uh, that's how you get better wrestling in front of a, a live audience no matter how big or small it is and i'm not talking about your peers as far as fan, uh, wrestlers i'm talking about fans that are, that paid to see you no matter how much they paid if it's five bucks or 50 bucks or 500 bucks whatever it is you know wrestling in front of a paid customer is you know when you see if the guy or girl really has what it takes and you also see if you got what it takes that's that's the first number thing that jumps out to me that you can't learn in a, a dojo or a gym or a performance center or WWE, whatever. No matter how much resources they have, how much money they have down in Orlando with this thing here, you, you can't. You you can't. It's just, I mean, you can run shows there. I get that. A lot of gyms, wrestling gyms run shows in their gym. But, and that would make you better. That's, you, you know, you, you, you learn how to get better in front of people. The other thing I think with the performance center, in my opinion, it's just, it seems like it's the same narrative being taught. And a lot of young men and women that come out of there, sometimes it can be a little bit cookie cutter. I think that's something they got to keep an eye on. I'm sure Triple H is cognizant of this and Matt Bloom's cognizant of this. And I'm sure there's different ways they're trying to fix it. They're both smart guys. Um, but yeah, that's something that's I'd keep an eye on too. I do think that eventually they should they should have um, in the, you know, school on the West Coast, school uh, up in the Northeast, if they're just hitting schools in America, you know, and with different trainers, with different mindset. And I think Triple H has got to hire guys or girls that he trusts. I know he trusted the men and women he hires in Orlando, but I'm just saying, and kind of maybe if possible, it's hard to do, but back off a little bit. So they learn a little bit different concept, but that's hard to do. That would be hard for Triple H to do, and and I would understand that. That's a lot easier said than done, to back off to the point that you're gonna. <clears throat> I don't care how successful a wrestler the person is, you are hiring them to run a dojo for you, and you're gonna just so you have a different style wrestling concept for kids getting trained as so it's not all like the people coming out of Orlando. It's tough to do that, and I'm giving Triple H the benefit of the doubt. To pay a guy or a girl who's got 20-something years experience, say, here, go run this school up in whatever, up in, in Boston. And, you know, you run this school, and, and I'll come there once a month to see how it's going. 
don't run nothing by me, the training concepts, the, the way you want to put together matches and high spots for the talent and how you want to teach them is all on you. It's a little tough to do. It's a little tough to do to give up that amount of power. I don't know if Triple H would do that, and I don't know if I'd blame him. Um, that's tough. You know what I mean? So so that's the deal. But <clears throat> I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys, because I know this. I mean, I had a blast. I mean, you know, I had fun doing all the Taz shows. If you don't subscribe to this friggin' show, you need to. Just click the... F- and subscribe button I'm cursing over here we fucking pissed off now Just kick this click this subs- click 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 the subscribe click the subscribe button and then you'll be good to go I nailed it and uh also rate me on the gimmick on the apple podcast gimmick you know rate me put me over five stars ten stars six stars whatever you got and i appreciate those who do subscribe and listen all the time all right guys i appreciate the love and I appreciate our sponsors too. I'm Taz, you're not. Take care. Thank you.